Hi, I'm Chris Roberts, and this is Late Night Vacuum. Welcome to the Late Night Vacuum. Just stuff like that. I think that's fantastic. Um, so a uh, couple of quick comments that are uh, coming out of uh, chat. Uh, Southern Jumper was saying in terms of the reusable assets, they're already doing that now uh, with Korea, Olisar, and Kovalex. They're all the exact same asset. Um, uh, and... Uh, for uh sorry I, my good god this i do not want a windows 10 update right now fuck off um uh, i got mine yesterday oh no this one is saying update required your version of yahoo search is out of date i don't use yahoo search uh there's a newer version the new and improved version available with the fresh and intuitive chromium browser by clicking okay you agree to install chromium browser as your default browser install our desktop search bar exactly there's only a set there's only an okay oh there we are there's a fucking not now button that didn't appear at first oh god damn i'm gonna be uninstalling shit um so anyhow uh broken matt uh was also was talking about saying uh what i found uh most tantalizing was that the function given by each module in the satellite would disappear if that module was destroyed so there'll be actual function tied to part of them Yep. That's cool. Yep, which uh, is the, you have to go repair it. So if you take out yeah. the power part of it, guess what? The whole thing shuts down. Then, you know, there might be battery backups for, say, the defense area, but that's going to run out. So if you wear out the batteries on it, now it's just a free-floating target for you. And so you, it will make it. So if you pay attention and recognize the shape of the modules and mm -hmm. learn what they look like, you'll know what to target when you're flying in. You'll know what to go for. Yeah. You'll know where to hit the shields, where to hit the the different weak points, and then you can get in there and say, grab data that's transmitting through it. So if there was a, a piece of information going through that satellite, you might be able to steal their data core and take off with it. And that, sort of and that also ties in with the notion of being able to upload viruses in satellites, which was the one of the first times that's been kind of voiced within the discussions. Because, I mean, we already had, like, the Vanguard Sentinel and various other things, which has the hacking ability. But this is an example of the kind of things you can do from a, a data level with these satellites. I, want, I, I would want tracking viruses in some of the satellites, maybe for bounty hunters. Ooh, get you. So the ships go through and, you know, they, they get, they, they use satellites that they think are in their territory and all of a sudden, bing, I know where they are. Actually, that's pretty fucking good. That would be so good to do because um, that's like, uh, if you're an info runner, that would be an amazing thing to get and sell. Uh, but equally, it would be something that you could just do on the fly and just use it to capitalize on things. Um, uh, we also had uh, the uh, the ground homes, not not the ground the ground bases, which are going to be quite uh, simple to begin with. Uh, but the idea is that you can uh, that the CIG staff can create uh, a room of a certain shape, uh, like a, a, a six by six or three by three or whatever, 
and they can quickly throw in uh, interior contents into there. Yep. And, and then as they kind of progress out, they can build larger shapes with larger, more complex interior options. Uh, but everything is uh, one modular and two therefore available for art reskinning. Yeah, and honestly, when you first start off, when we're early testing this to give us early content, you don't need the big complex things right away. You just need settlements. Mm. Settlements give you flavor and feel. Settlements you can populate with some NPCs and some missions. Mm. Places that will recognize by its layout and maybe some interesting, you know, flags and stuff that you've thrown down there. But they can be modular. Mm. It makes sense that in a universe like that, it would be modular. People would have individualized say, items within a building, mm -hmm. but buildings, for the most part, for small settlements and colonization and the like, would be cheap and modular. You're going to see a lot of the same design. The mm. same thing when you go to pre-planned housing neighborhoods and stuff. You go in there and you go, that house is the same as that house mm. is the same as that house is the same as it. Yeah, they have a little different flair to them, but they're the same damn house. Mm. And that's because they're prefabricated and they have a, options to select oh. from, like five well i mean you've got to think about it. houses are fabricated that we live in right now you know we have we're, we're, it's not as if our where we live is a unique thing uh so yeah absolutely uh as a quick one broken mat and this is good to share broken mat also says i wonder if these talk about satellites i wonder if these satellites will orbit uh but actually, no, they're just satellites in the notion that they're in space. They're not around a fixed uh, location mm -hmm. like a planet. Well, not an orbiting, a moving location. So they're just in space. Yeah, they talked about it in RTV. They actually yeah. said satellite, not as in a proper satellite, which is an orbiting body, but more as a, a functional piece of space equipment mm -hmm. that is automated for the most part. An yeah. automated piece of space equipment would be the best definition for it. It's more of a modern redefinition to a satellite. It's not the astronomical term or whatever the the proper astro. I can't remember the science field. My brain just shut down on me. But whatever that the proper <laughs> astronomy term. That's yeah, it. yeah. Uh, it's not the proper astronomy term for a satellite. It's more of a modernized term, which means automated object in space, man made. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a couple of other quick things are coming through. And also I want to, there's, a, there's, a, there's so much to talk about today. Um, I've got a feeling this may be a very long episode. I may need to cut it into two for the podcast. Um, it is possible. It is possible. Um, Machination Tim has a very interesting question, which I want to kind of follow up on, because that was also what he's asking is discussed today. But I also first want to talk about vision stabilization. Mm, chicken head. Chicken head. Um, so basically, um, some, pe some, some people have been getting uh, nausea through playing the game, uh, especially when they're walking around in various sorts and sorts. Uh, because what CIG are really trying to do is they're trying to, uh, by uh, blending the model together into one unified skeleton, it has a whole bunch of other knock-on effects and they want to kind of totally reflect what happens with your eyes and your movements so you get an incredibly naturalistic experience um, in the game. 
Uh, the so you're not a floating head. Yeah, the unfortunate thing about that will be um, if you slap, as they say, a GoPro to your head and you walk around, you've got a camera in a fixed location and it basically looks like there's an earthquake happening if you walk around, but you yourself don't experience it with your own eyes because we're fucking amazing. Yeah, the, the way that we translate motion into a stable uh, line of sight, and so we find a point and we can just do stuff like this and I can throw my head all over the place and I barely, like, it. Did, my head was all over, but where I was looking, barely moved yeah. at all. And I was going way out of my way to cause that. So from notionally, what we are is we're um, eyes that can basically center and focus uh, in a whirling dervish of a human body. Um, and so they've applied that, and it works if you fix to a position, but uh, it creates disturbing after effects and issues if you're uh, if you go up close to an object you, and and your focus changes and various other odds and sods. Uh, so they tried various other things and it wasn't working, and they went to m uh, Mother Nature, and they picked up a chicken and they shook it around. No, hang on, that's not well, what Well, they didn't do it. They saw a video of someone doing Which, it. Which, to me, is one of those moments of, but that video is a classic. It's the one where, uh, have you, I, think, I, thought, I honestly thought everyone had seen it. It's where one where a man holds a chicken and then moves the chicken body around and the head stays in the same position. Uh, and, and what's happening is that the, uh, the skeleton itself um, compensates. I'm using skeleton in the rough term there, but it compensates for the movement and the head stays in the fixed location. So by applying that uh, technique, it means that uh, you can run around and do things and it's like butter in terms of how smooth it is. It's back to uh, this is real human you know, vision with movement. Yep, they just need to refine certain aspects of it, but they can tweak those numbers in order to get the right feel. Now it's, it's a... It's, it's more of a feeling it out and trying a few different things to see mm. what happens. And they'll tweak and refine. Um, now, this, uh, so, so Broken Matt says, yeah, it's cool what they did. Our eyes are not cameras. They are sensors that build an image in our mind, which is very true. Our, our, we, you know, everything I see is my mind, my brain interpreting the signals. Um, Machination Tim has the question, so does vertigo screw that ability up? The ability to see at a specific area or point? I don't know. I don't know if he's meaning in life or in game. In other words, stabilization of, vis mm. of vision. In life, no, unless you have actively have vertigo at that moment. Uh, if you have vertigo at that moment, your eyes actually... I can't remember the term for it, but they flip back and forth as if you're spinning and you're trying to find a center point because they're being told everything is now rotating. Uh, mm -hmm. That actually comes from the inner ear, though, and the signals being sent. So, no, if the vertigo isn't actively happening, it doesn't throw off your vision completely. However, as your balance gets worse and worse and you feel more and more floating it's harder to find the focal point because you're constantly being told that you're spinning. So if you're being mm. told you're spinning, then your eyes re react like you're spinning. But as long as that's not happening in that moment, you're okay. 
and it actually becomes harder and harder to force it to happen as vertigo does damage to the inner ear if it's if it's not related to the brain itself but if it's the inner ear as damage happens more and more while your balance gets shot it also has less of an effect like if you spin it around into a chair really really fast and then come out of it you don't have as much of effect anymore yeah it, because there's so much damage it doesn't know what's actual spinning and what's not so real spinning doesn't affect you the same anymore it's, it's kind of this weird like you get some benefits but your balance also goes to hell yeah the more you know um so so i really love that vision uh, stabilization because you know that's going to be good uh they also this week talked about the cutlass did you see that yes i i saw the note a bit of it the fact that it's on the docket now to get yeah so lovely Mr. Coombs, who uh, worked on the Drake Herald, is uh, going to be uh, working on the Cutlass next, if I recall right. Yes, he mentioned that when he was on. Yeah. When um, he was on RTV. Yeah. Oh, no, ATV. ATV, I think. Wasn't he? He mentioned the Cutlass on RTV. On RTV. Um, uh, (laughs) I think it was RTV where he mentioned it, if I remember. uh, No, I think I thought it was ATV. Ah, bah. Um, uh, You're right, RTV. Um, and so uh, he did come in and he talked about, into Reddit and he talked about various things. Um, one of the interesting things he mentioned was, uh, and this is uh, from Machination Tim in chat, who's, who's interested about this, like uh, with the Cutlass rework, how it will be a big threat to large ships, but not much to small ships. That's kind of where they're I mean, hoping to aim it. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a better threat to anything hauling cargo, which is its purpose. It's it's you know it goes in, grabs a few things, and takes off. Well, so here's well, I mean, there's that. But I th- what I'm thinking, and other people I think have been talking about this, is like the Connie can hold its own against fighters. Has a response and turn and various things, which I think is now, currently. Yeah, currently. Good, good word. Now, personally speaking, as a as a Connie, as a Phoenix owner, I like that ability. However, I also acknowledge that various things need to be, um, you know, balanced. So there's, I'm I'm kind of seeing that this probably is an is a indication that we might see um, the bigger ships truly reflect their size a bit more, and that would then make them more yep. prey to the to 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 the cuttle boy or cuttle girl. Or cuttle unspecified, um, and uh, and and that's going to be really cool. So I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, Duhas is saying, "I'm the Phoenix," um, where I don't I don't care about anything else in these last couple of weeks, to be honest with you, because the main thing is the intimation that the uh, hot tub in the Phoenix will retract. <laughs> We, yes. Oh, yes. It'll go into the floor, oh, like the yeah. table. And so I can walk in and go, oh, would you like to relax? Push a button. And the hot tub surfaces. Why spark, spark, spark. Spark, spark. Oh, why don't you make yourself more comfortable? It's, oh, it's, it's, it's never done this before. Um, so... <laughs> 
I hear I hear it happens to every Phoenix owner once in a while. Oh, uh, Star Sickles just inspired me. They go, would you like to make yourself more comfortable? Push the button, the hot tub comes up. It, it is still uh, dirty water from before, and it's basically <laughs> it's basically a soup because there's there's a half uh, flesh, half skeleton body just melting in it from previous that you just closed forgetting um mm, that will be hilarious except i'm thinking that it'll probably drain the water and then collapse down like you know i can have instead of i can going all the way in i could have would you like to join me in the murder bath uh, i do like the idea of if you could uh, wouldn't it be now totally ridiculous it would be great if you could have uh, I'm riffing a gang of uh, Star Sickle. Um, if the if an escape pod was the tub. oh, that'd be great. I want an escape pod, uh, hot tub, hot tub escape pod. That's it, hot tub escape pod. Hot tub escape pod. Um, From the yeah. makers of Hot Tub Time Machine comes yeah. Hot Tub Escape Pod. Uh, Goku is saying the Phoenix is going to be an interesting. Uh, the Phoenix is going to be interesting when all the features are implemented. Sitting in my jacuzzi. Watching all the pretty lights through the glass roof while your ship is in the middle of an intense dogfight. That, that's kind of an interesting one because I have a Fini um, because I wanted essentially an armored VIP transport. Um, so then the question becomes, well, I also have an 890 jump. At some point. That's, just, that, that's going to be an interesting moment. Yeah, I have to make a choice, and uh, the f my physical uh, items are tied to my uh, Fini. Mm. Oh, you have to keep that. Yeah, so we have to see what happens. Anyhow, um, also this week, and today, in fact, uh, we actually saw uh, journalism. There was. There was actual journalism. Yeah. Not getting points for style and formatting, but there was <laughs> journalism in the meat. Yeah, and um, it was uh, by Kotaku. Kotaku actually um, had a very long, like bloody hell, uh, paid by the word, article uh, about the goings-on in CIG, uh, which feels like they had full access um, it really does, from especially from the quotes from the developers in there and Chris Roberts himself, especially. Yeah. Um, so, as some kind of background to this, um, there's been a couple of people talking about things and stuff going on, um, and uh, this was a, a very interesting chance to uh, kind of learn more about what's going on in the day-to-day -day business running. Um, the mistakes that have been made, the learnings from those mistakes. And, yeah, there have been... I don't even know if you can call them mistakes because it's really just really growth. Everything's related to growth. Um, and it was uh, quite an interesting and uh, uh, article. Now, there were a couple of issues with it. Um, as you yourself said to me earlier... Um, so the so part of the idea is that when you get people responding and talking about things, you want to. I, while some 
things you have to protect for privacy and various odds and ends. You want to make sure you've got a, a clear delineation between these um, kind of concepts so it doesn't get too muddled up. Yep. And as you were saying, it really kind of got muddled up in various places. The weighting of named sources versus unnamed sources. Now, I, for one, I'm not against unnamed sources because they're a common tool in journalism. Mm. However, I'm against giving them certain weight, and I'm very much against them making claims about direct wrongdoing. Opinion-based claims, fine, for an unnamed source. Or yeah. if you can get multiple unnamed sources on a quote, to some degree, yes. But it, it's got to be verified, and they need to have the ability to respond back afterwards. It's it's a common tool in journalism. Some people are afraid for their jobs. They're afraid to be fired. Um, some people are doing it just because they're bitter. That's why you have to really weight an unnamed source different than you do a named source in an article. Mm -hmm. Because when you say unnamed source says, we don't know what their reason was behind their statement. Yeah. We don't know where they're coming from. What's here's an observation I have. I've fired people and I've fired people for good reason. Um, and you could call it letting it go, letting them go, you could call it various things, but what you're doing is you're terminating their livelihood, their security, and everything. Yep, you don't normally get positive feedback from them after. Nope. Let's put it that way. So that needed to be kind of put into context. Also, the uh, pretty much consistently, the reasons why people were uh, being let go was because uh, they were saying certain things couldn't be done. Um, that did seem to be a consistent theme. Yeah. There were two consist very consistent themes. Now, the meat of the article honestly was very, very good. Yeah, The actual journalism within the article, the actual mm. journalism done through the article was very balanced. It was a really balanced and well-done well piece on that aspect of it. And there was a lot of good information. And there were really two recurring themes. Yeah. One theme was that there were some major producer-side issues mm. from early on that seemed to only be listed into 2014. That's one thing that I caught with the article. They didn't yeah. say 2015. They didn't say 2016. They said 2014 seemed to be where it and, happened up to and then changed. And we can be honest, and, and CIG themselves in the interview have been honest, that, that was the dark times for them. Um, it was. Yeah. We saw uh, it. We saw a... We saw the... the the restructure occur. It, anyone who's been really watching the pr project, and there have been discussions even among mm. streamers and stuff off stream where we talk about that quite a bit. And the restructure to anyone that's been in the in business in general, everyone went, oh, some people are screwing up. Yeah. Uh, just want to focus on a couple of quick things in chat. Uh, Star Circle using caps in the most effective way says it's a new company. So imagine this now. I've worked with startups. I've worked in a startup uh, about three or four now, um, and 
uh, with a small, even a small number startup, you have to, uh, you have ructions and refinements to make things work smooth into a singular vision. Um, and you've got CIG who basically, one, get all the money they could want to create the game that they ideally wanted to create, uh, which means that uh, they had to lock in various decisions before that money came in so they didn't expect it. So they're, they're, they're in a certain path. They have to work with outside talent while they ramp up. Um, they have uh, uh, communication issues um, and things keep building and on top of that, they have a singular vision, which is the vision that we backed, which is Chris's vision. Um, and uh, you come from a culture of uh, people are willing to compromise because that's the industry. And to be honest, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm also not saying it's a good thing. It just is what it is. But that's, It is the game industry currently. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, but it, that's not... It very much is that. Yeah, but that's not the uh, the vision. The vision was nope. to p to push it, um, and all those things come together into basically a perfect little clusterfuck. To be quite honest with you, I'm surprised. I'm proud that they've actually got through that, uh, because what they had to do was they had to uh, uh, experience this, these pain points, um, be fully cognizant of those pain points rectify those pain points and also do all of that while one delivering and maintaining a strong relationship with the backer community and uh and two uh doing it in a, a way that uh, uh adheres to the vision which was you know what we backed um when i think of when people go you know, is there a contract is there an understanding about what is delivered uh, I think there is uh, an implicit and no, not legally binding, mind you, but implicit. Yeah, no. No, mm -hmm. yeah, an implicit uh, and invisible contract that we have with uh, Chris Roberts to deliver the game he wants to build. Um, everything else kind of falls out from that. So they've gone through uh, quite a tumultuous <coughs> uh, period and. Uh, doing it while they're basically uh, the technical debt concept of they're doing so many things and building so many things uh, to in order to make the game that they would have to have done on any engine. Uh, even if they built their own engine, they would have to kind of start from scratch and build these things. Um, that, uh, you know, the story is that there's an exponential uh, payoff. Um which we're now beginning to see. Um, yep. So I do finally. agree. Finally. Mistakes were definitely yeah. made early on. I mean, yeah. none of us are going to deny that fact. That's, that, that's pretty obvious to anyone looking at it. The only two sides that come out really during these fights really hardcore mm -hmm. are the... Uh, honestly, it comes down to you think they've gotten past it and have grown or you think that they can't and they're still mired mm. in the mud. Yeah. And I think they've shown through the progress and the items coming up through the work that they've shown in development through things that, well, to be perfectly honest, some people said, no, you can't do that. That can't be done. And now they're showing off work that they said, oh, yeah, well, fuck you. We did it. Mm hmm. 
I mean, that's it. Everything that people were complaining about, oh, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? It's not possible. It's not possible. They did. And that was acknowledged in the article. But as uh, Broken Matt says, uh, they didn't really cover the, the, uh, the 3.0 demo. Um, that I noticed that yeah. that was a huge step forward for CIG. And I think it was, I wonder if it's because of when they had access. So mm -hmm. the article was written up to that point, or if the editor yeah. cut them off or I don't if know. the journalist did it. I don't know that. I honestly think the 3.0 demo should have been covered. Mm -hmm. I think that that's true. That, that really should have been covered in there. Um, the, uh, the thing that I really liked about the article was, and it's, it's, it's worth, uh, clicking and giving them, you know, your ad impressions. Cause, uh, despite, uh, a certain muddiness, uh, a, a certain slight bias in the way things were phrased, uh, a certain, uh, editorial, um, I think, uh, clickbaitiness. I think it's a, it's a good written article. Um, I like the fact that uh, this is one of those moments where CIG had the ability to respond. That, that's true. You had Chris talking about it, talking very frankly. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of funny because uh, there's, there's, there's Chris the human and there's Chris the um, CEO. And uh, those lines can sometimes sometimes blur if people have hung out with chris at events and various things he's a ridiculously lovely uh and kind man um and but he talks about his vision his passion and what gets his goat and uh why things were done in the way they were done and you really you really see and understand that um if you don't buy into the idea of a singular vision creating the game then you can have questions about it but uh equally again we were, were were supporting his vision um yeah so that w right now the chat is going mad we're seeing paragraphs of text here yeah there there's <laughs> definitely and i figured this was going to happen with this article yeah so this is this is most definitely going to be post show uh commentary here yeah and that's why we're, you know, yeah, we're going to be ending going to off that part of the show for yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, I mean, yeah. with that article, th there were great comments in there. And here's mm. the thing. Some people may not agree with the way he does it, but I saw mm. him listing his style. And mm. the thing is, I've been a manager at mm. almost that level myself. And when I saw him saying things like, if I go to someone and I've listened to ev the, the input from everyone and I go, all right, we're going left with this thing because you guys don't have a good reason to go right. And then people complain about going left. It, it takes them off. That's because he's right. It's on his shoulders. He has to make that call. And if it goes south, it's not a director that failed. It's him. It's yeah. his name attached to it. He makes the call and then you find a way to make that direction work. If it's not going to work, you should have been in that meeting with facts and data and information going, it won't work, but here's why. Give him a why. Just don't say it won't work for the sake so, of saying it won't work. And that makes me kind of interested because now, again, I've worked in America um, 
but I need to refresh my own mind, and I can, we, can, we won't need to talk about this here, we can talk about it after, is um, company management styles and how things kind of work. Uh, I, I, don't, I, wonder if, I wonder if that kind of uh, locked-in responsibility uh, isn't a common thing. No, usually they are able to throw other executives under the bus at the top and ditch. No, be fine. I have, I've worked in companies like that. Um, so I'll say about 50% of my company has been like that, but the other 50% has been very much about the singular vision. And Startups and the, are more singular vision. Yeah. And I, and Tech so, is very singular vision. And so I think an awful lot of people coming from established company work had had you know it's an it's it's a cultural adjustment let's just say that um but what's really interesting is um and this is what uh uh, <laughs> uh this is what uh, i kind of really like about uh the star citizen community is they've been giving very measured responses and interesting conversations and data points about this uh, there's been no, oh my god, or this is the best thing ever. They're, uh, you know, kind of going over the nuances of it, and they're acknowledging various aspects. And I think that's part of a, of a relatively healthy uh, community. So big ups to you guys and girls. Oh, thank you, Brett. I feel like Dubla Thackeray is doing everything in his power to slowly turn into Orson Welles. Oh. <laughs> You come back over here, sir, and I'm going to punch you in the love nuts. <laughs> uh, um, uh, he's going to be at uh, CitizenCon or TwitchCon. I can do it for you. Oh, you're a star. Give, give him a, a tick on the old dangleberries for me. Um, Sack tap. Snap tap. Uh, so, uh, before we finish up uh, the episode and the show, um, SciTech. It happened uh, when we weren't on the air. Oh, that's right. Yeah, them getting bit, uh, bought out by Logitech. Yeah. Um, so, as a quick one, SciTech, uh, uh, the makers of um, joysticks and um, people who have completely defined uh, a revised meaning of the words QA, um, yeah. have uh, been bought. They've been bought by Logitech. Uh, so Mad Cats have sold SciTech, um, and uh, the the figure for the sale was bloody hell. It was shocking. Do you know the figure? It was actually quite. It was what thirteen million, I think. Thirteen million dollars, which, as we know, isn't even real money. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, um, that's ridiculously low. So we don't know what they're going to do with SciTech. Has the deal gone through or is it just a pending offer? I think it's gone through, I, hasn't it? I think it went through. I can't remember, yeah. though. I, I didn't... Which I don't remember the full article. Which I think explains why they probably didn't go forwards with the work, because something tells me that this was a long negotiation and exit. Um, uh, so the question then becomes, well, what does this mean for, for gamers? And what does this mean for the Star Citizen peripherals? Um, and also, why do we think they may be bought SciTech? So, um, they recognize the upcoming space game genre and flight genre, the reemergence, and Logitech really 
they've done a pretty good job. I mean, not the best job, but a pretty solid, decent job of keeping up with uh, relatively healthy mid-range options for gaming peripherals and other mm. peripherals. And in doing so, uh, they might be able to give us a better quality joystick. Because now oh. they, I mean, they have all of their everything associated with SciTech that came inside the deal. They can use it now. So maybe yeah. we'll get a quality 52 or a quality 55 or 56 or 65. Something that doesn't break oh. after a year. Oh, but bear in mind, uh, this is the kind of thing where um, I don't want to dish SciTech materials, but equally, I think some intelligent thinking, some smart thinking could improve them. Like... Uh, uh, with throttle control moving backwards and forwards on, on that uh, it actually pulls and affects the wires so over time uh, you will actually disconnect and there's a risk of that not an absolute but there's a risk um, so there's possibly improvements there which can increase the longevity equally however um, being star citizen gamers slash streamers there's a certain amount of usage that we put through these sticks, which I think goes beyond the projected life usage or predicted usage over a period of time. So uh, we may very well be outliers. doesn't mean that they won't have uh, breaks very early on, but I think some of what we experience and the legacy of criticism we can create comes from the fact that we're super users. I think everyone who plays flight sims regularly, that would be like saying that people who play their PlayStation or Xbox are super users of those controllers. Unless they only yeah. do it like an hour a week. If you're a standard gamer and your standard game control is a joystick, we're... I mean, uh, well, we're, I we're on the high end of the I don't amount wanna, of game yeah, time we put I don't in. Give, I don't want to give excuses, far from it, in fact. But I do view a HOTAS system as being significantly more complex ad and advanced than a controller just through the, the sheer dimensions and the, the range of movement with the objects. So I do see where you're coming from with the, well, a controller wouldn't break. Uh, well, it does if you throw it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, I can take that on board. But I think we had have to kind of reset the expectations for how long a, a, a unit, a uh, whole task could last. Uh, bearing in mind, however, that um, uh, certain HOTAS units uh, last forever. I and have that, an old Thrustmaster. I just yeah. don't have the pins on my board to plug yeah. it in, and it won't recognize its old drivers. It's I put it into an old PC, yeah. That is just used by my like little brother. It was a it was a junk PC that I I still had sitting at my grandparents' house. I plugged it in. It still works. I use that thing to play Tie Fighter and X Wing and X Wing versus Tie Fighter and X Wing mm. and, and I played hours and hours and hours and hours into those games. Way more than I've even done with Star Citizen. And it was my one Thrustmaster joystick through it all, and that thing lasted through it all. And it, I remember when I got that joystick, it was, I mean, it was early 90s, but it cost all of, not, I think it was 80 bucks. Yeah. Um, just as a quick one, uh, uh, Bristol Boy 88 says he was a mouse and keyboard user for two years. Just over two weeks ago, I switched to dual Thrustmaster T16,000Ms. They are amazing. So much accuracy maneuvering the ship. 
Um, Bristol, uh, I want you to give me a private message. I, I need to uh, hook you up with something. So send me uh, a Twitch DM, a Twitter DM or whatever, and I'll send you a link to something. Um, so yeah, because I'm using right now uh, Thrustmaster uh, uh, T6. Yeah, exactly. I've got, as, as Grackis has, a T16000, and I've got a Warthog, I dual stick. Um, uh, oh, and he's got a dual stick as well. We're all dual stickers here. Um, I do, in terms of what this means for the Star Citizen joystick, uh, we don't know. Uh, however, if we follow the line of optimism, I think it means we're still getting it. Um... Higher quality yeah. version of it would be nice. Yeah, but uh, I think one of the things you'll also be aware of is that um, CIG reportedly went to all the joystick manufacturers and everybody else was willing to throw a sticker on to, to that equivalent. And it was only SciTech who was saying we could do this. So it really potentially means one, have Logitech changed their mind? Two, is SciTech still going to be independent enough that they're autonomous within the Logitech family or are they going to be subsumed either wholly so they just keep the IP or uh, in terms of just general decision high-end decision making so we'll we'll see kind of how that pans out so we've got no real information there so my little love muffin uh, where can we find you you can find me at your nearest love bakery. Also at twitch.tv slash grockies, G-R-A-K-E-E-S. Also just do a search, Twitter, Google, YouTube. It's all grockies all the time. And where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on any street corner, blowing a hub. Uh, I can be found at twitch.tv slash That's D-O-U-B-L-A-R-T-H-A-C-K-E-R-Y. And you can find me on Twitter uh, as Dubla Thackeray um, as well. Hit me up, say hi, and uh, let us know uh, what games you're playing because I'm always on the lookout for new, fun, interesting experiences. And with that, take care, everyone. See you next week. Bye. free to follow us. We also do video stuff as well. And give us a review on iTunes. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or just indifferent. We want to hear what you have to think. Well, not everything you have to think. I mean, that that could be a lot.